Hello everyone, welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. So, I was trying to figure out something I could talk to you guys about, and I was just kind of perusing around, and one thing that kind of came to my heart um, when I was just thinking about this, I felt God put it on there. I want to talk to you guys about faith. That's right, good old-fashioned faith. You hear about it from Christians, you hear it from politicians, you hear it from all sorts of different people about faith. Uh, some people really like the word faith, like say Christians, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, Hindus, Buddhists, um, Muslims, all sorts of people. And some people take faith as a bad thing. So let's say if you're talking to an atheist and you say, well, you have faith in atheism, <clears throat> they will come out and tell you, I don't have any faith whatsoever because faith is, and they'll give you just some long answer. But well, everyone keeps talking about faith. Everyone has their opinion about faith. They talk about really this Christianese type of language. And a lot of people don't seem to understand what faith is. If you talk to a Catholic half the time, or even other religious people, and you say, well, how do you believe in what you believe in? Why, what's your faith in? They'll simply say, you know, well, I have faith in what I believe in, and that's my faith. Well, there's two sides of the coin here, and I'm just going to go ahead and talk about them. First one is called blind faith. Now, what is blind faith exactly? Blind faith is... In essence, it's covering up your eyes and saying, I believe in something, and you just keep repeating it. You don't really have a reason why you believe in it. In fact, like if I were to talk to some of my Jewish friends and I ask them about, why do you say that Jesus is not the Messiah? They'll simply say, well, we're Jews. And Jews are told they don't believe in Jesus as the Messiah. That's why we don't believe. Well, it's pretty scary when you hear that. Other ones who, like if I talk to a Catholic, like I say, I come from, I have was married into a Catholic full, uh, family full of Catholics. And I'll ask them, why do you believe Mary is the Queen of Heaven? And they'll say, well, that's just our faith. They don't, there's not really any evidence. There's not really anything there whatsoever. But it's simply stated, we have faith. So a lot of people in those areas of religious belief simply will say they have faith because, well, they're just blindly believing it. That's why I call it blind faith. It's not premised on anything to do with uh, with evidence. It has nothing to do with the Bible. It has nothing to do with archaeological evidence, scientific evidence. It has nothing to do with really anything. It's just they believe because mom and dad was raised that way or they were in a church or they were in a synagogue or they were in a mosque or wherever it was particularly. And the person who is the head or the leader of that particular organization told them that that's what they believe in. Therefore, you should believe in that. That's called blind faith. Now, faith, here's an interesting thing. When we look at faith, it actually comes from the Greek, right? And faith simply means that you have evidence. It's trust. Now, here's the cool thing. The Bible says this about faith. Now, faith is the assurance of all things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You find this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. The dictionary says about faith that it's, quote, um, confident belief. In the truth and those are pretty good but let's be honest here when we have when I'm talking about faith I really want to bring up something knocking home to you which is faith is just plain hard it's true we have times in our lives where we have two kinds of faith 
One is like I said, let's say you you say I'm a Christian, I have faith, or whatever belief you have, and you you have faith, right? You're, I'm going to go with the Christian one here. You're a Christian, you have faith. Now it's easy to have faith when you're able to sit on your lazy boy, have a remote control in your hand, watching the football game or whatever you're watching on uh, TV, have a bag of chips in one hand and a soda in the other, and really just sit there. And that's and it's easy to do that. But I want to break it down a little bit more because life is not always that simple. Life is not always that great. And it always is fun when it's like that. But life, as we all know here, and you're listening, you can relate to this, I know this, is difficult. It's extraordinarily difficult. How are you going to deal with your faith and how do you know what your faith is when it's tested? And I mean really tested. When you have all your comforts completely taken away and... You find yourself going nowhere, with nowhere to turn, no real answers, no light at the end of the tunnel. Have your heart and mind have been filled with anguish, doubts, fears, commotion, and your faith seems more like a distant concept than a present reality. How do you how do you go through this? And and I tell you guys this because I went through this. I have gone through extreme trials in my life with my wife and I. And we've gone through financial trials, we have gone through job trials, we have gone through horrible trials, family trials. I mean, it's we've been gone through the blender on these things. I mean, you want to put us through the gears, we've been through there. We see go through trials, and we become, have perseverance through them, we develop our character through that. But we're talking about where you're losing a job all the time. We have a hard time making a paycheck. Where you have to decide between paying your rent and eating this month. You have to decide between whether or not you can take care of your kid, whether you can pay your health care bills, whether you have enough money to put gasoline in your tank. We're talking about where your family, you just can't, you can't be around your family so much, where you, you just, all these terrible things are happening. Now, those things are real big tests to put on your, uh, put on your faith. Now, faith is not a bad thing to have. But here's the thing. When we have our faith being tested, we have to realize that we it is not so much our faith is a problem. It's what we put our faith into. For example, if you put your faith into earthly possessions, let's say the stock market or, you know, in, well, stock market is actually a good example. A lot of people lost back in 2008, 2009, they, the stock market here in America, at least, we hit a recession. And people lost millions of dollars in the recession. All these people who put their faith and ultimate faith and trust into the stock market found themselves without millions and millions of dollars. Businesses went out of, of service. People were in the dumps. There, there wasn't really an easy way out of it. Yes, we had the Federal Reserve be able to back up a lot of banks, but at the same time, People lost so much. They even lost their jobs, their their inheritance, all all these different things. So when we see that our faith, when someone puts their faith into something like financial gain, you can see that ultimately it will fail because it's a false god. Now, when we look over at the Bible, what it teaches us is found in James chapter one, verse two through four. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 
I remember I was reading in the Bible about how Paul talks about how I know what it's like to have plenty. I know what it's like to have be in need. And I have found what completes you all through all things. I found it in Christ. And I can relate to that. So can my wife. And so it's interesting when I see so many people like during 2008, 2009 recession. And even nowadays when I see people going through trials and tribulation that they'll be talking about how their faith has been shaken as a Christian. And when I really talk with them about it or I listen to their story, I find out that they had never really put their faith in Jesus Christ. That they had simply played the part of Christian, Christianese language, you know, played, they played church. They went to church on Sunday, they sang the songs, they read the Bible, but they really didn't put their heart and soul into any of this. And next thing you know, they lost their jobs they lost their finances. They are going through the pits and they're wondering why God is doing that. They're wondering where God is in those difficult times. And I remember when I moved here to Phoenix, Arizona, I was looking for a job because I got let go from one. And as I was, I went to a job interview and I was praying to God that I'd be able to have this job. And I was at the gas station filling up my car really fast. And I had this revelation while I was there and the revelation was God revealing to me that yes all these trials and tribulations is what I was going through they were terrible but God had always pulled me through it he had always we'd always find ways of being able to pay for food or put finally put gas in a tank or get our rent paid for true we were at the bare minimum we were sometimes when we had to pay our rent we literally had zero dollars left over in the bank account when we had food, we barely, you know, we had like a $2 left to our name after having to purchase the middleman of food just to get by. And God revealed to me that he was showing, he wanted me to learn one important lesson. And this lesson was, can you trust me? Do you trust me? I'm taking away everything you have. I'm taking away all the comforts of home. I'm taking away everything you possibly have. I'm putting you in freak out zone because I want to show you that you can truly trust me and to stop trusting yourself, stop trusting your job, stop trusting everything else around you. I will take care of you and I will provide. And I know it sounds crazy what I'm saying. I know it sounds completely insane to hear this, but this is where the trial produces results. I then realized that my whole life has been nothing but a filter, had a massive God filter upon it. That God allows things to happen, but to teach you in a very important lesson. And I've been there where I've stood on the patio, or I have cried out at night when I could not sleep, and screamed out, God, why are you doing this? I can't hear you. What are you doing? I've gotten frustrated. I've even had a cursing moment with God. Yes, I know. Most people would just like gasp and hold their mouth. I'm like, oh my gosh, you actually have that. I'm a human being just as much as you are who are listening. I have just as much trouble as you have trouble. We all have different demons, but they're all equally as painful and, and as harsh. Some more than others, but we all go through the trials. But God is saying is you need to put your faith and trust into me. And that's the biggest problem that most people face nowadays is they do not put their faith and trust into Christ. They put their faith and trust into a false God, whether that be a false religion or that may be a false 
uh, God as in, in this world, such as money or into a materialistic thing. Remember, when God tells us that not to have idolatry, most people think to themselves, well, I don't pray to a grieving statue. I don't have a Buddhist thing in there or I don't have any statues in there. But God, remember, God reminds us that idolatry is simply whatever you put before God. That is your God. If you put your car before God, that is your true God. If you put your money before God, that is your true God. If you put your religion before God, that is your true God. And that's ultimately what you're putting your faith in. That's why God puts you through these trials and tests. He's making sure you can trust him. I know it's extraordinarily frustrating. I understand that it makes you want to scream and pull your hair out of your skull. I get where it's as painful as possible and you scream and go, you know, where's my faith? I could just lose my faith right now. You need to be able to put it in. Put your faith and trust into God, into Jesus Christ, and trust in Him. Now, what do I mean by putting your faith and trust into Him? Faith as in, you know He's reliable. Now, put your trust. Now, here's the way I looked at it, and when God revealed it to me. I like business. I like studying business. I tell my wife about business all day. She, one day, can probably tell you on this podcast how much I talk about business. But, in a business... You have a thing called managers. Managers will tell you really what to do all the time, right? A good manager listens to you and provides what you need in order to get the job done. God is that manager. He delegates the tasks out to people, and then when he knows what they're going to need, he provides for what they need in order to accomplish the task at hand. That's what's happening. All I can truly say is, I know you're going through a trial. I know you're going through uh, tribulations. I know you're going through pain and suffering right now, whether it be anything in your life. And I know this is probably the hardest thing you can possibly hear. But take it from somebody who has gone through hell and back. And I still have issues that I go through on a daily basis. What I've recognized... And what I have learned that the Holy Spirit has revealed to me is that do not trust yourself or anyone else around you. Put your ultimate trust into Jesus. Now, how do I know you can trust Jesus? How do I know this guy that I keep preaching about named Jesus Christ or Jesus of Nazareth is a good idea to put your faith and trust into? How do I know besides what the Bible teaches? How do I know besides what... The pastors teach or the priests teach. How do I know? When I look at the historical records of how Jesus lived, taught, and died and rose from the dead, it points to his reliability. I know that he was born in Bethlehem. I know that he lived the perfect sinless life. That he could stand amongst his enemies and say, which one of you can convict me of sin? And no one could do it. I know if I was in that situation... I had my wife, I had my mom, my dad, my brother, all my friends say point out all sorts of stuff. Trust me, they got laundry lists of things that I've done wrong that can go from the moon all the way to Mars and come on back about four times. So that's pretty impressive. Then Jesus says he claims to be God in human form, come to save the world from their sins. He then says that he's going to die and three days later rise from the dead. We have 
archaeological evidence to show the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea that's found over in Israel where Jesus Christ was buried. We have that. We have over 500 witnesses that were reported over a period of 40 days coming across the Jesus Christ who was brutally crucified upon a cross. This was a public ex execution. I have said this many times. This was not a private event. This was not held in secret. It was not done in the middle of the night where no one could see it. This was done in broad daylight in front of um, hundreds, if not thousands of people during the time of Pentecost. These people were coming from all over the Jewish world, coming to celebrate the Pentecost time. They were coming here from all over. They spoke many different languages, but they all came to the temple to worship. So this was a big public event. This is, to put it in perspective, this would be no different than watching a trial happen on the Senate about the impeachment hearings for Donald Trump or even a politician standing up and making a public address. It would be no different than watching a historical event taking place on television. Or if you remember further back, say Pearl Harbor and the, and the, and the attack um, at Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. This was a very public event that took place that watched Jesus Christ be crucified upon that cross. But then, again, after he died, three days later, he rises from the dead. Over 500 people see him, again, over a period of 40 days. And not only that, people died, all of them died, for what they claimed to have seen, a physically, bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. I say all this because when you put those into perspective, when you put all that evidence in, you realize Jesus Christ is reliable. 110%. He is reliable in a way that I'm not reliable, and you're not reliable, and no one else is reliable. No one else can do what he claimed to have done and actually succeed doing it. Let alone, the biggest one to me was when he claimed to be God and he was going to die and rise from the dead, and he actually did it. It shows that I'm not nearly that reliable, and you're not that reliable, no one else is reliable. So when you have faith, you want to put your faith and trust ultimately into something or somebody who's extremely worthy of it, who has proven themselves with evidence. That would be Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So as you're going through a difficult time, all I can implore you to do is through the evidence, and I encourage you to read the evidence and found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read Lee Strobel. Read, read from J. Werner Wallace. Uh, listen to t uh, Pastor Cliff Connectly from New Canaan, Connecticut. Listen to Dr. Ravi Zacharias. Listen to the evidence and look it up yourself. Don't just believe it because I sell you on this podcast. Once you see that, put your faith and trust into him. And then as you're going through the trials, you will have a rock in which you can stand on. Remember, Jesus preached continuously that the storms are going to come to you all the time. That you're going to, And the house that sits on loose sand will always be destroyed in the storms. But the house built on solid ground, on the solid rock, will never be destroyed. Yes, the windows may be blown out, the, found, you know, the house might crack, even some things fall off of it. But the foundations for that house is the foundations for that house that is required for it to survive will remain. So put your faith and trust into Jesus Christ because the evidence shows that you can put your faith into him, your ultimate trust. So I leave you with this in hopes that you turn to Christ, with the hopes that you put your faith ultimately into Jesus Christ. Because of the evidence. And do not play church. But trust in Jesus.
May peace be upon you, my dearly beloved.